0: Welcome to a There It Is podcast mini episode, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration with a quick tip. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for being here. Very much appreciate it. Today, we are talking about offensive comedy and how you can avoid it. So let's talk about this very hotbed topic. Man, it's a hot one. Offensive comedy. Everyone's talking about it, and they all are talking about it in the most unintellectual way possible. (laughs) I really don't appreciate the way people talk about this topic, and that's why it's a hotbed topic. There just haven't really been a lot of great conversations surrounding it. Everyone has just made it about cancel culture and woke culture and blah, 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 blah. So let me just say right off the bat that this is not about woke culture or cancel culture. I'm not interested in having that conversation because it's usually a dumb one. Woke people aren't ruining comedy. Nothing is for everyone. No one is universally loved. There's an audience for what Anthony Jeselnik is doing, and the rest of the audience isn't into it. That's just how it works. People who love ABC Family would probably hate Bill Burr. And when some of those people outside of a particular comics target audience hears something and it's really offensive to them because it's not their thing. They go on Twitter and they talk about it and it gets a lot of attention and everyone acts like that's the whole world talking. It's not it. We're not going to talk about it from the perspective of cancel culture. What do we do about cancel culture? I don't like it. Not here for it. Another thing I'm not talking about, jokes that are obviously bigoted. Those are easy to avoid. Just don't be a bigot. So before we get into it, we might need to talk about how people get offended to begin with. Things get a little tricky with what causes offense and why, because there are a few angles to it. One angle is paranoid reading. Paranoid reading is when the reader expects to take issue with the text before they've even read it, or they hear the joke and assume the intent behind it is to make fun of the subject, to belittle people, to punch down. To me, these instances can be explained because it's ultimately a misunderstanding of intent. But instead... What I've seen a lot of comics do over the last few years is worry about how people might take something. It's like an assumed paranoid reading before anyone has even read anything. They write something or hear a friend's joke or sketch idea, and they start assuming the paranoid reading people could take. Ah, you you can't do that, can't say that anymore. Uh, Someone could take it the wrong way. They could take it this way. But my advice is don't do that. That's like paranoid writing, to coin a phrase. It takes the fun out of comedy. People are responding to a reaction that hasn't even happened yet. And they either respond paranoid of offending, or they respond bitterly. Again, no one has complained yet. Stop worrying about this and letting it affect your comedy. Make the jokes you want to make. Alter when you need to clear up any confusion. That's what comics do. I recently shared in the There It Is newsletter a clip of Jerry Seinfeld explaining how he wrote a joke because people were getting offended. He thought it was like maybe a mean joke or was being taken like it was mean. So he rewrote it. And I'll share that in the bio because it's a very good watch. It's a very quick video. He was on Stern talking about it. But the point is, it's about crafting. If people aren't getting the joke You restructure and reword it so they do. Don't be paranoid. Rewrite. Try the joke out and rework it if it needs it. So don't worry about that stuff. It's not a big deal. Another angle is lines get redrawn. Comics often push the envelope or toe the line of what's accepted. That's part of some forms of comedy. But years later we redraw those lines. Everyone's just kind of working within the boundaries. But When the boundaries change, so can the perspective and the context of certain jokes. Some bits that were done in the past could create a firestorm now. Before Twitter, people could write letters or call in complaints to TV stations or radio stations if they heard something they didn't like or saw something they didn't like. But there wasn't much potential for everyone to hear those complaints. Not like now, where we can hear people complain about stuff in real time. People who didn't have a voice before have one now, whether that's having an outlet like social media or having a voice in the sense that our society actually listens to them now. This gives the impression that nothing can be done anymore, but it's really just new voices being heard and the lines are getting redrawn a little bit. Also, other things that were done in the past have grown out of favor. It's not that people have more of a voice like in my previous point, but we collectively as a society have progressed past something. So 20 years ago, there may not have been a lot of offense taken to something, but now there is things have always changed. That's just a part of life. And we just have to accept that as people living in it. Dan Ackroyd said in the book about SNL live from New York, that stuff that his cast did in the seventies on SNL couldn't be done nowadays on SNL, but he also noted that things that the current cast was getting away with on SNL, his cast couldn't have gotten away with in the 70s. You can't predict how things will go. Things that are edgy now will look tame in the future, and things that are A-OK now will cause offense in the future. And the last thing I'll mention before we really get into it is that some people don't seem to understand what comedy is or what it's for. Or they learn the wrong lesson from The Daily Show or something, and they think all oh, comedy is about making a serious point. I think that's a mistake. A lot of comedy is made simply to be silly. There's no serious intent behind it. It's just being mischievous, which is at the heart of comedy, being mischievous. You're being a little bad. You're doing or saying stuff that you're not supposed to do or say. Towing the line of what is appropriate is a common joke structure. There's no ill intent, but it's inherently not taking things seriously, and that runs up against the people who use comedy to make serious points. Many funny people know that they make jokes to bust their friends' chops, all in good-natured fun. And they take that nature to the stage. Lots of comics, too. Let's just goof around and bust on each other about how we are. It's fun. A friend and former guest, Alex Breslovsky, is a great chop buster. He's hilarious and very mischievous. One time he teased me about something I did, and I defensively explained why I did it. I was doing that whole, oh, I I was just a blah, 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 blah thing. He looked at me and sincerely said, hey, sometimes we joke to let people know they're part of the group. That's one of the most common ways humor is used in everyday life and on stage. Lighthearted jokes to make something feel like they're part of the group, part of the gang. It's not something to push you away. It's done to pull you in like you're their buddy. So I don't get why people are overlooking this very obvious thing about humor and being funny. So I just want to point that out so it's part of the forefront of this conversation. People are just trying to have fun with other people. They're not inherently trying to belittle other people. They're inherently trying to bring people together. That is what it is. Some people look at these instances as if everyone is complaining when it's not. The mistake is thinking that you have to write your joke so perfectly that no one will be offended. Which brings me to my first point about dealing with people getting offended. You're going to offend people. <laughs> you're, g- you're just going to offend a couple people. Look, if you make a joke pointing out the hypocrisy of politicians like Lindsey Graham, someone who supports those politicians is going to get offended. But as Lauren Michaels would say, some people need to get offended. So I wouldn't worry about those instances. How do you handle the situations when you inadvertently offended people with ineloquently made jokes, though? You don't have every perspective, so you may make light of something that, unbeknownst to you, is a touchy subject for a group you're not a part of. What do you do in those situations? Okay, for one, if someone tells you a joke that you said on stage was offensive to them and they explained why, then listen and consider what your motivation was. You know deep down if you made the joke because you have some bias against that group or not. If you don't have a bias against the offended subject, then consider what they said. And if you inadvertently crossed the line, it's not a big deal. Just let the note sink in and move on with more knowledge. People sharing their perspective isn't the problem. People fighting learning new perspectives is the problem. Don't let the embarrassment of having offended someone keep you from learning and growing. You can adapt to the new information. Don't look at it as being a landmine to avoid. Look at it as a perspective. You can still find humor from your new, more informed perspective. I promise. Secondly, if in that scenario you found that you did have a bias, stop it. That's simple, right? Just don't have a bias against people. (laughs) Another scenario, getting a note on something you did in a scene, in an improv class, or practice. Let's say, for example, you said something that isn't blatantly sexist, but was insensitive to women. Like the previous suggestion, listen to the perspective. Own up to not realizing it. Grow from it. Don't fight it. Learn from it. Everyone wants to be heard, including the people who think something you said was over the line. Listening goes a long way. Not performative, I am listening, Instagram post listening. I mean, actual active listening. Most people know you just didn't get it and aren't trying to bash you or get you kicked out. The joke either hurt their feelings or they thought it crossed the line and they want that to be understood. This is important in a class or team setting because trust is so important in those situations. There has to be trust in the room and on stage to really perform with freedom. Hearing their point of view and taking it in will be a brick in building that foundation of trust. And again, it's not a landmine to avoid. You now have a new, better informed perspective you can freely perform in if you find that you are pulling back and not taking it, maybe it's because you haven't fully taken in that note as being a valid perspective. My last point is about shock comics like Anthony Jeselnik or comics who talk about touchy subjects but get away with it. Some will point to Chris Rock or Bill Burr and say, well, they get away with it. Why can't I? Okay, you have to understand. Some comics have a vibe about them and a style or joke delivery system That eases people into accepting that brand of humor. It's just this ineffable thing. Who knows how or why the Chris Rocks and Bill Burrs have it that way, but they do. It's some artfulness of the craft that they've mastered, but they've also just got something about them naturally that lets them get into these subjects without landing in huge trouble. But it should be noted, there are people who dislike them and those jokes. And they complain about those jokes. But when you try to do the type of comedy they do, and it doesn't work with any crowd, consider that maybe you don't have whatever it is that allows them to do those jokes. Something about your vibe is just not working. And that's okay. A big part of comedy is knowing how people and the audience receive you. Finding your comedic voice requires you to know this. You have to know what kind of thinker you are and how people take you in so that you can capitalize on it. If the audience isn't taking to the kind of jokes you're making, then maybe it's not your natural voice as a performer. Find the sort of jokes and topics people want to hear you discuss and work in that pocket. Dig deeper and find better jokes for who you are. All right, those are all of my tips on how to deal with offensive comedy. I will have a couple of links in the bio for the Jerry Seinfeld clip and also something about how paranoid reading goes wrong. I found it a very good read, informative, and intellectual, so check those out. All episodes of the podcast are available on Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. We have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash there it is, we upload old episodes on Thursdays and new episodes throughout the week. Like and subscribe. Hey, what did you think about this subject? Share that with us on social media. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at there it Is Pod. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Farr Jokes and on Instagram at Jason Farr Picks. Also, subscribe to our Comedy Lifestyle newsletter and support us if you can. We have a Patreon and a PayPal. Go to ThereItIsPod.com for newsletter and support info. Links in bio. And as always, be good to each other.